This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. So welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. Today we have a new guest who's going to talk to us about Christian unity. And we have Mr. Haniel Bianchi and I hope, I, I think I'm messing that up. But uh, Haniel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry today. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. And you, you got it pretty much exactly right, uh, Hannah L. Bianchi. And I am a, a really committed uh, Catholic Christian. And um, my ministry with the church has mainly been through men's ministry recently. So I've been leading the parish's men's ministry for the last eight years. And before that, I was really involved in young adult ministry. Um, I'm married. I have uh, four kids now. Um, and I'm also a historian of my PhD in history. And I've been teaching history at a two-year school in Maryland for the last uh, 16 years. Um, and I think how that academic background relates to today's uh, uh, conversation, maybe there's a little bit of uh, information that might be useful. Um, academically, I'm really interested in the process of secularization. So I wrote my dissertation looking at um, the calendar in particular and how it became more secular. It used to be a religious document and then the state got control of it. Now corporations got control of it. And then I've been a kind of, after that, I was like, what is, what is the impact of secularization on our culture? Mm-hmm. And initially I was writing a lot about boredom and how actually we lost our purpose in society. And so we were like bored. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of transitioned to another topic, which I was like, we don't have like these moral laws mm-hmm. so much. And, and the, the impact was that we've become very addicted. And then recently, I've been really intrigued that by the fact that we've lost the unifying principle of religion. And what's the result of that is that we're divided. And so when you ask us, you know, what, what's the impact of secular society on our culture? I would say we're, we're bored, we're addicted, and we're divided. And I think it's that last topic that we're going to talk about today. So that's a little bit about my background and how um, kind of relevant to for the topic of today. So you actually wrote a post about a Catholic call for unity, and that's where I found you. And, uh, you know, now it's Thanksgiving time. Everybody's coming together. Uh, but it's not such a unifying time. Times have changed. So why exactly are we not united, despite the fact that more and more people are coming to Jesus? I mean, 40,000 Catholics were baptized this year, confirmed, joined the Catholic Church this year in the United States alone. So the Catholic Church is growing. Christians are coming to Jesus, but we are not more united. Why? That's an excellent question. Now, so I have to really look at that second part of the question first. The more and more people come to Jesus, more and people becoming Catholic, more people becoming Christian. And, and you know, I'm studying secularization. And one thing that's interesting is that um, atheists and, and social scientists have been predicting the end of religion for decades. They keep on saying religion's going to end, religion's going to end. <laughs> and it's really persistent. Like, we're really persistent. It's hard to get rid of us. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. And I could go that. But it's another conversation yeah. for another day. Um, so it is actually worldwide religion is growing. But the one thing that intrigued me is that numbers don't tell the whole truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm getting to is that maybe what it means to be a, a, a you know, if you somebody surveys you and asks you, what are you? And you say, I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Baptist. Maybe that's changed over the last couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I argue in a lot of my research is that people, what it means to be a Christian has changed 
okay? And people are actually thinking differently. Yeah. They're not thinking like Christians. And the mm-hmm. best example of this is, um, uh, you know, our politicians. So you have, uh, you know, all our politicians are, are mainly Christians. We have, um, even if you boil down to like a particular denomination, like mm-hmm. uh, Catholicism, you have, um, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you have Joe Biden, and you also have Catholics like Ron DeSantos, like completely on the opposite sides of the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. So the reality is that um, when you, you'd make an assumption that people are unified because they're Christian or a particular denomination, that's not true. Mm. They are nominally Christian, but they're thinking more in terms of their ideology, and there's a conflict between their religion and their party beliefs or their ideology, they defer to that and not okay. to the religion. So they're not putting Jesus first. They're not putting their religious beliefs first. Mm-hmm. They're actually putting these different um, uh, political ideologies that are divisive. Mm-hmm. And so even though more people are becoming Christian, we're becoming liberal Christians or conservative Christians. There's all these different brands of Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a liberal first or conservative first. And then Christianity or Jesus, God, whatever, doesn't become second, third, fourth, fifth, or whatever. It's, a, it's something in the background that it, they'll, they, they ascribe to those beliefs when it's convenient. So the answer to your question why there's more and more Christians, but we're more divided is because we're not authentically fully mm. Christian, not fully following the full gospel message, just when it's conv- uh, conducive to their ideology. And mm. so um, sadly, even though all our leaders are Christian, um, mm. they don't really ascribe to all of it. And yet, and they hold on to their ideologies that are actually dividing them. Mm. So we are actually more divided now than we have ever been, you know, politically, economically, um, based on class, based on race, based on philosophies. Uh, The problem is now we are also divided in church over all these matters, these very same matters. And why are we not able to rise above this? Why can't we, you know, be like the early Christian church that that was practicing a different brand of of Jesus culture altogether? Okay, so I'm going to get into this uh, this concept that I kind of been saying a lot myself in my classes, and I'm hearing it a lot in the news that um, you know we seem to be more divided now than ever before. Um, as a historian, I kind of have to qualify that because you know if you go back 200 years ago with racism, I mean there was slavery in the United States, and 100 years ago there was Jim Crow laws where there was segregation. Um, mm-hmm. So we've made some improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a couple hundred years ago, if you used to insult somebody, they would like, you know, threaten you with a duel or challenge you to a duel. And then, you you know, and then somebody would might get killed. I mean, people have always been kind of divided, but it's true. And I think people, it seems like we're more divided or it appears that we, or we really feel like we're more divided now than ever before. Definitely in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And the question is, why do we feel so divided now? And why can't we rise above it? Like, why can't, as Christians, we can't, can't we come above it? Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that's really intrigued me now is not so much the kind of the division, but how it's portrayed. And mm-hmm. I think you have to look at the media. Mm-hmm. First of all, online. Yeah. I know so many people that are of different political ideologies. And in person, they're incredibly nice. You know, I see them on Monday and they ask about, like, my family and, 
hours the weekend and these people are so nice and then you see the online personality and i'm so <laughs> sad and sometimes when you see them online and they're so um angry or just petty yeah and even with church leaders that i really admire some church intellectuals that are really well-known christians and then i see them on social media and they're just you know it's 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 they're being drawn down into the muck mm. um and so there's this online kind of like divisive kind of um, fighting back and forth that really wasn't around 20 years ago. Yeah. And so this this feeling that we're constantly divided because we're not interacting face to face, but in the online format, which is just just a lot of anger out there. Mm. And the same thing with the news. Um, there's this 24 news cycle, which there's not enough news for 24 hours a day. They have yeah. to <laughs> make up news. And what they've realized is that division self. Mm. Um, and you see this in the secular media and I, I follow Christian and Catholic media a lot. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to take a step back because I get this, 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 I'm being drawn down and it's a lot of times it's not uplifting. It's a lot of times it's, it's yeah. divisive. And yeah. so they, and even when I write my own blogs, I know that if I write something really inspirational about prayer, mm. not that many people share it or comment. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you do something that's a little bit more like, edgy um, yeah <laughs> it's more yeah. it's more and so you know we get this is the problem i think that we're all kind of um we're kind of shackled mm. um if in this culture um by the new forms of media and how they're promoting this and how and there's the online world in many ways um it just it just feels like even though we've made improvements economically with more we're actually poor people today are doing much better than they were in like doing the industrial revolution or even doing, you know, the middle ages or whatever, you know, the, the gaps and, and racially things have improved. We just feel like everybody's angry, but at everybody else because of the online environment, because of the news cycle and because of the lack of civility too, that mm. you see at the political parties and the, in the, in the, yeah. uh, debates and all that. So we're really, we're being, um, I think Christians are being kind of like being pulled down and we really have to resist that. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why um, we're, ha we're struggling to rise above this unprecedented level of kind of div division. Now it's Thanksgiving time, right? Uh, we all, for a, a couple of days, everyone will get together, be nice and be thankful. And then the next two days later, they're going to go back to what they originally were doing, whether online, whether offline, with their original divisions. What steps can we take in our church especially to promote this unity, to go back to our original roots of what Christianity really was. Okay, so um, I'm. This is now we're going to uh, switch a little bit from talking about why the reasons why everything's divided, and I think like what steps can we take to improve? Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go from my last comments forward here. And if I was you know a pastor. If I was preaching in a congregation, what would I tell them? Or if, you know, in, in a, a form like this, what am I telling people? I, and I definitely am involved in men's ministry. What am I telling the men in my ministry? And it's the number one step is really, there's like a two kind of phase step that I would tell people. Mm -hmm. uh, number one thing is just to unplug, unplug. Mm -hmm. You can make 95% of all the division that you're anxious about disappear by mm -hmm. just unplugging. I do a... Yeah. Uh, our men's group does like a yearly program for 90 days where we unplug from all 
you know, electronic use outside of work. Wow. And it's amazing. Everything just disappears and, mm. and you, you feel so much more at peace. Mm. And then the second step of it is like, and you know this, every time you go online and you go on to like Twitter or TikTok or anything, you always, afterwards, you feel angry afterwards, you feel upset, you just feel like you've wasted time. Yeah. And then I'm going to contrast that with the experience of like, what are a small group? And this is maybe going back to your question of like the early Christian community, like the small group, uh, men's group in our parish, we meet, you know, we discuss, you know, the Bible, we pray with each other. Um, and if we, you know, after a weekly meeting, almost, no, it's not almost, it's 100% of the time you feel at peace. You mm. feel unity. You feel that love uh, mm. between your brothers. Um, and so that's what you really need to focus on and realize that this is a, uh, uh, the, a true meaningful relationships is two-way in person with the people in front of you, right? And, yeah. and that's really how you're going you're gonna to build unity and bonds and unite your congregation. Um, so step one is unplug. Step two is, is really encounter the people that are around you and, and share this in like this meaningful kind of uh, relationships. And it's, it's truly amazing. Now I'll just um, go on for one other further point on this. And it's something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot recently is through reading some of the spiritual craft classics, in particular spiritual combat, but Scapoli is who is your enemy? Who mm. is your enemy? Okay. And yeah. so a lot of people think that they're in tribes, like you've heard probably like this yeah. tribalism in America, and that I'm part of a particular tribe and my enemy is this other tribe. And that mm. is not a Christian view. Right? Mm. That is, we are called to like love everybody, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Love the other, uh, they're, they're not our enemies. You know, they might see us as their enemy, but we are not, we don't see them as our enemy. So who is our enemy? And then, so like a lot of people would say like the devil's our enemy, but the devil's pretty weak. Can't actually make us do anything. Yeah. You <laughs> can tempt, but the only person that can actually make us sin or the only person that really can force us to, to turn away from God is ourself. Yeah. And this, this concept that my principal enemy is, is myself. And not like I'm schizophrenic that I have two persons, but there's mm -hmm. certain aspects of me, particularly what, what they call like your passions, your your emotions or your appetites or to your inclinations, which are um, trying to seize control of you. And those are your enemies that you're fighting. All right. Um, and so the, the, the fundamental question is for in this topic, let's say anger is anger controlling me or am I controlling my anger? And that's mm -hmm. your principal battle. It's like you're fighting that internal battle to be a, uh, a holy person, um, to align your will to the will of God and to be motivated by um, love for God. And that's that's your principal battle. Your principal battle is not to fight other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people have this misconception that they get really angry when they see something and they're like, I need to do something. They're motivated yeah. by anger and like mm -hmm. they think it's a righteous anger. But the reality is your only true motivation for a Christian should be love of God. It's really yeah. that love and yeah. you can have anger. That's 100% natural to have mm. anger, but that cannot be your motivating factor. If that mm. is your motivating factor, you will be manipulated into these tribes um, where you're doing battle with other people. So really what are you preaching? Like, you know, in the Thanksgiving and the post Thanksgiving, as we think about community and unity, 
it's it's number one, especially in from Thanksgiving now going into also Advent and the Christmas season. Just my my number one advice is unplug your life. Okay, you're not doing anything to like really with the with the the social media. Now I mm-hmm. I listen actually I do podcast like studio. Curiosity, which is like the TikTok and the Facebook and the Twitter, yeah. that's a sin. <laughs> um, but it's being studious, which is like, you know, I listen to courses on YouTube and podcasts where I really learn from um, mm. people. Um, and being studious is, is a virtue and learning. So you can do that. But unplug from the curiosity, like the the, the scrolling um, mm. on Facebook and text. Unplug from that and, and you can be studious, but also really spend time with those people around you and form yeah. those loving relationships. And then the third point here, which I mentioned, is that your enemy aren't other people, mm-hmm. right? This is the gospel message of Jesus. You're not fighting them. You're looking inward as your enemy. Mm-hmm. And you want to have this um, uh, this this personal struggle uh, to improve your life um, and to, to align your will with the will of God. And that's your, that's your, your battle. That's your struggle. And that's if you can master that. Um, then you'll, you're on your way to holiness, not fighting other people. So mm-hmm. drop the fight against other people. Just don't don't think you need to. You're you know, there's this divide, and you need to fight other people to win. No, focus in on your own personal growth. So that's it's kind of interesting. How do you how do you unify people? Many of the ways is actually it's it starts with an individual yeah. <laughs> choice, right? Yeah. Um, rather than thinking about like you know, uh, uh, it starts with a lot of people making individual choices rather than trying to get everybody to do one thing at once. So that individual growth is, I think, um, an important um, aspect for for each person. Because uh, I I know I've gone too long, but um, uh, if I'll say one more point is like when we're unified, we always blame the other side for causing division. Mm. And and so and then you say, look over there and say, those people are causing the division. And those Mm. people, like say, those people, you're causing the division. The reality is, you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. Yeah. And so that's where we need to start mm-hmm. by saying, I'm going to change. I'm going to be the, the, the mechanism of change. Mm-hmm. So this concept would work really well for, for Christians in a sense, because they understand that, you know, other people have a soul, that we are being called to love others just as God is unconditionally loving us. But for people who are not really Christian, for people who don't have this concept of love, for people whose concept of God is, if you do something, I will do something in return. How do you unite these people together with, with the Christian people altogether? Okay, that's a great and a tough question. Um, and now as I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to be able to give really a satisfactory like answer to it uh, completely. Um, yeah. And it actually might be like even a strange answer um, because... When you think about unity, because I start off by saying, you know, we're, we're divided because we don't have a principle to unify us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you could just do an example, like I'm a Bianchi, I'm, I'm united to everybody in my family because we're Bianchis. That's what brings mm-hmm. us together. And everybody in the United States is united because we're American. So there's got to be some sort of unifying principle. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, let's all be unified for the sake of unity. That never really works. Um, that was actually a big movement in the 19, after World War II, after the World War particularly in the 1960s, there was a big movement amongst the churches to kind of unify for the mm-hmm. sake of unity. And it didn't work because there wasn't something that binded them together. So you mm-hmm. need some sort of principle to kind of like bind you together. 
mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it's easy for Christians because we're unified on the person of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a yeah. strong bond. That's my central bond. The you know, if you are a Christian, you're closer to me than you are to even my family members that are not Christian, because mm-hmm. it's the most principal thing in my life. And if yeah. I bump into you and you say you're Christian, I'm saying I'm Christian. I might have not known you, but I feel this in- intense union. Yeah. But the reverse side of that is like I'm unified. If I go back to my previous example of like the Bianchi's being unified, mm-hmm. um, it means that it excludes everybody that's not a Bianchi from that that family bond. Mm-hmm. And the national bond is in kind of similar. If you're not American, you're you're excluded from that. And so the, it, there's also something saying that that strong bond as Christian also excludes people that aren't Christian. So mm-hmm. this is, I have not even started to answer your question, but just to say is that Jesus did say um, um, that he did come to bring division. And that's like a, a strange thing for him to say, but he knew that when he brought people together as Christians, that people would reject him and that mm-hmm. there would be um, um, persecution actually. Now, now here, so that that's the fundamental disappointing answer, but then I've got a little bit more of an optimistic follow-up. So there is people that are not Christian. There's always going to be some sort of divide, right? Yeah. Um, but here is something that is beautiful about Christianity, the gospel message, Jesus, and that I just truly love. Because every, every well, not every, but a lot of unifying forces, if you look at nationalism or political ideologies or even class conflict, there's always tension with the other, right? So you're unified by some principle and you kind of reject the other people. So if you think about nationalism, I'm American, but I'm not going to be German, you know, and you kind of have that vibe. But Christians, we're united as Christians, but we look at non-Christians and we love them just Mm. as much or even more then we love the Christians. Yes, there's something missing there, that bond, you know, but mm. we still, we don't have any hatred or uh, negative feelings to them. So there's still a unity there of, a, they're a, a creature created by God. Now mm. they don't share in, in baptism and therefore they're not united with us in faith, but we still see their infinite value as human beings, as having a soul and being loved by God. And so from us, we are going to show them love. And that's a beautiful message that makes Christianity distinct from all these other divisive ideologies. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people hungry for that yeah. because they're dissatisfied with, with the Republicans. They're dissatisfied with the Democrats, right? They're dissatisfied yeah. with our with the national conversation, what's so divisive. And if we offered like a third alternative way of seeing the world, which we have as Christians, that we rise above that divisiveness that I said that we're kind of shackled down and offer this new vision that, um, um, you know, that Christianity has to offer. People are hungry for that. Mm-hmm. So um, can we all be united? Unfortunately, no, because when God created us, he created us with free will. Mm-hmm. And that same act that gave us the possibility to love, also gave the possibility that there would be rejection and hatred. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some people that do not take what God offers. and are, They're actually going to divide themselves away. Mm-hmm. But from our perspective, there's still this universal unity with every human being that we, that, that we acknowledge that every single one of them has infinite value and that we will love them unconditionally, whether or not they um, are Christian. Um, and that's, that's, that's as um 
um, like I said, it's the best as we can get, right? Yeah. Um, there's going to be still some tension, but I think that you can still be divided on principles and still treat each other with love and civility. Um, and um, so that's, you know, why people think different, but our hearts um, can still be united through through love. Um, so, um, so uh, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, even though it's kind of like a, a slightly unsatisfying answer because you never want to water down Christianity and say, yeah. everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter. If you don't believe in Jesus, you, yeah, that's fine. You can become into our churches. And no, no, you, we can't water it down. We have to hold up our principles as Christians, yeah. but we still have to keep that attitude of love towards them. Mm-hmm. So if there was one take-home message that you would say, especially since it's Thanksgiving time right now, one thing that you would tell people, this is what you can do to unify, um, you know, what would it be? One one verse or whatever it is to dwell on, one takeaway message. Um, so I, I think that it's an individual call. Mm. So if you're going to Thanksgiving and there's, you know, family members that you disagree with, that you don't get along with. Never, ever let it enter your mind, right? Mm. That it's their fault, like they're, or they're, they're the ones to blame and you're not going to do anything about it. You go in there with like, how can I improve the situation? How can I be as kind and as charitable Mm. possible? And so turn it in on you into that individual, um, your own path. And And for me, my, my verse this year, which may be not related, is like, you want to be my disciples. Jesus says mm-hmm. you have to do um, three things. You have to deny yourself, pick yes. up your cross and follow him. So it's yeah. an individual call. And sometimes yeah. that means that people are going to say things that aren't nice to you, yeah. but deny yourself. There's like, I don't, I don't need this. I, you know, I'm not, and I'm going to take up my cross and follow Jesus. And I'm going to try to be the best person. It doesn't matter if other people are going to be mean or divisive. I myself, am going to commit to being charitable and, um, and, and loving towards everyone. So again, direct the attention for change to yourself. That's the takeaway. Okay, great. So that's some great advice. Uh, so thank you so much, Haniel, for talking to us about this. And at such short notice, just before the holidays, I'm really, really grateful. So uh, tell people where they can find you online and uh, where they can read more about you or get in touch with you. Yeah, so um, I, I've taken a little bit of a break from blogs but it is uh, a blog called fertile soil Mm -hmm. and it's at the catholic review um it's the archdiocesan uh newspaper news organization for baltimore and i would say that one thing on uh there's some academic things but the one thing that on amazon would be interesting it's very short it's like three dollars um is a just a two two week program looking at spiritual combat um, and it's called, uh, you know, Spiritual Combat Boot Camp. And so it's just a, a, a 14 day um, kind of summary that I wrote for the men's group um, to go through and, and look how to jumpstart your spiritual life. Uh, I think that's the most practical just for every day. Um, it's it's at Christians. There's one chapter that's really t- focused towards um, Catholics, which is based on the Eucharist. But for the rest of it, it's, it's general information on how to really jumpstart your spiritual life great great so thank you so much Haniel, for for talking to us and for sharing all your wonderful tips i wish you a happy thanksgiving and all the very best oh thank you so much and i, I really appreciate you inviting me to come on here and talk <music>